Hey, church family, I'm so glad you can join us today. You know, there are no words to express how much, how much I miss you all. So I want to give you all a, a virtual hug. God bless you, and I love you. Today, we're going to take a break from the book of James because today is a special day. It's Mother's Day. And so to all the moms out there, happy, happy, happy Mother's Day. Be blessed. If you have your Bibles with you, turn to 1 Samuel, Old Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 1. It's right after the book of Ruth, 1 Samuel chapter 1, the whole chapter, that's our text for today. Again, 1 Samuel chapter 1. Today is the day of the year that we set aside to honor mothers, grandmothers, godmothers, stepmothers, single mothers, foster mothers, and adoption mothers. And as fathers, we honor the mother of our children. You know, I don't think that anything has ever been said or could be said that's expressive enough, eloquent enough to articulate the value and appreciation of a mother. Today, we celebrate our mothers and the amazing role they play in the family and also in society. Listen, motherhood, say motherhood. Motherhood is the toughest job on the face of the earth. In fact, friends, it has never, it has never been tougher than in today's day and age. A poem called I Quit, a mother nicely sums up the sentiment of many mothers, and after explaining the hardships of parenthood, she concludes, there'll be days when I'll still hunt through the internet for the number for the mother's resignation hotline, or my heart will feel as though it has been shattered into a thousand pieces. One thing is sure, however, I have to hang on, stand firm, to fight the good fight, the souls of my children and the quality of the lives they live here on the earth is at stake, and so is their eternity. My children are too precious for me to do anything but persevere. Moms, your job is tough. In fact, it's the toughest. And I know there are times when you just want to give up, you, you want to throw in the towel, you want to call it quits, but, but hang in there and be strong and stay faithful and persevere. We love you. We honor you, and we thank God for you. Abraham Lincoln said, No man is poor who has had a godly mother. Friends, one of the, the greatest blessings in life is to have a godly mother. And, and I have been fortunate and extremely, extremely blessed to have an amazing godly mother who has demonstrated a lifestyle of integrity, of grace, of love, of faithfulness, and godliness. And mom, I want, I want to thank you, mom. You have blessed me in so many ways, and I thank you and pray for you every single day. And mom, what I love most about you is that you not only taught me, Albert, and Rebecca the Word of God, but you lived it, and you're still living it out. And I love you for that, mom. So thank you for your godly example that you displayed for us. My kids, my kids have an amazing godly mother, and I see how much she loves them and how much she prays for them, how she protects them. And Lou, babe, you are a woman of godly character, of godly conviction, and of godly integrity. And I thank you for the amazing godly mother that you are. And our children, our children are truly blessed. So thank you, babe. Love you. Now, if you have been blessed with a godly mother, then you need to thank her today. And if she has gone to be with the Lord, then thank God for her godly influence she instilled in your life. Now, if your mother was not what she should have been, forgive her and ask God to help you overcome her negative influence. 
If your mother is not saved, you need to pray for her salvation. And if your mother is alive, you should confirm and affirm your love for her. The title of my message today is Investing Wisely. Say that, Investing Wisely. If you have been keeping track of the stock market lately, you know that as a result of the COVID-19, the market has hit some lows. Now, now people place their money in stock in the stock market with the hope and also the intention that the stocks in their portfolios will make a profit, but we know that's not always the case. And sometimes the stocks don't do well and the investor, the investor loses some or all of his or her money. That being said, the only money I have invested is in my home, uh, my life insurance, and my retirement. But even though I, I haven't made any investments in stocks, I'm still, get this now, I'm still an investor in many areas of my life. Now, if you're safe, say amen. Get this. Every single day in every activity, every attitude, and every action is an investment in something, and we will reap the dividends either to the glory of God or to the glory of the flesh. In our text today is a great woman of faith by the name of Hannah, who was a wise investor, say that, wise investor, who reaped dividends for the glory of God. My message today is short and to the point. I have three points from the text, three areas where she, Hannah, made wise investments. So I want you to follow me. If you're ready, say yes. Hannah made, number one, Hannah made, number one, an investment in the family. She made an investment in the family. So I want you to write that down. Let's look at verses one through eight, verses one through eight of the text. There was a certain man from Ramathaim, a Zephite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu. Or Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah, say Hannah, and the other Penina, say Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. Verse 3 Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Verse 4, whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Penina and to all her sons and daughters. Verse 5, but to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her. And the Lord, got to get this now, got to get this. And the Lord had closed her womb. Verse 6, and because the Lord had closed her womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Verse 8, Elkanah, her husband, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than tens of sons? So I want you to follow me here. This, this man, Elkanah, had two wives, right? Penina, who had children, and Hannah, who uh, had no children. And Penina, not the most kind and sensitive person, provoked and irritated Hannah. The word provoked literally means to cause her thunder. To cause her thunder. 
You see, Penina's trying to get Hannah to lose her cool. And if that wasn't enough, she did all she could to irritate Hannah as well. The word irritate, irritate refers to being stirred up inwardly, stirred up inwardly. And so this made Hannah mourn deeply, mourn deeply with so much grief that she lost her appetite. Now, Elkanah tries his best to comfort Hannah. We'll go back to verse 8. It says, Hannah, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Then he says, don't I mean more to you than 10 sons? And you know, I'm not so sure he went about it the right way. I think what Hannah needed at the moment was a listening ear, someone who could just listen to her pain. And Hannah didn't need her husband to, to rationalize or, or to even try to fix her pain. She needed just a listening ear. So with that being said, a word to the husbands. Sometimes the best thing to do is just to listen to your wife. Don't try to fix the pain. Don't try to fix the problem. Just listen to her. Now, I don't know about you, but my heart goes out to Hannah. And I can't imagine what was going through her mind, the pain in her heart. And I got to tell you, what I love about her is that in spite, in spite of the fact that her circumstances weren't pleasant in her home, she didn't bail out. She didn't quit. She didn't walk out. She persevered. And she persevered to make, listen now, her investment in the family that she loved. She stayed. She stayed in the family. And, and she worked. Say worked. She worked to make the best of a bad situation. She invested in spite of difficulty and discouragement. Now that being said, listen. God never said the family would be problem-free or an easy place to live. Someone say amen to that. There'll be difficulties, discouragement, disappointments, disagreements, heartaches, hardships, troubles, and trials in the family. And that being said, I don't know what your family's like, and you may feel discouraged and defeated with the way things are going in your family right now. And perhaps, friends, it's, it's a rebellious wayward child, perhaps it's an unbelieving spouse, a difficult marriage, perhaps you feel un unappreciated, taken for granted, or the target of constant criticism. Whatever the case, whatever the case, I want to encourage you, keep investing. Make an investment regardless of the discouragement and difficulty you're facing right now in your family. Listen, it's too easy to get up and walk out. It's too easy to quit. It's too easy to bail out. Continue, continue to invest your life in the people that you love. Now, you may not see the results you want right now, but just hold on to what Galatians, write it down, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 says, Galatians 6, verse 9, and Paul writes, let us not become weary in doing good. I love that. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, got that? At the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So I tell you, keep investing and leave the harvest to God. To God. Don't give up. Now notice, the text tells us that Hannah was barren because God had chosen this predicament for her. 
Let's go back to verses 5 and 6. And the Lord had closed her womb. Verse 6. And because the Lord had closed her womb. So, so Hannah was in this situation because of, of God's doing. It was God's doing. There was nothing she could do to change it. But Hannah would soon come to realize that God's plans for her life were good plans. And that his plans this is now, his, excuse me, his plan was to amaze her in his time. Now, I want you to write these verses down. They're amazing verses. Verses, words, God's words of encouragement. Jeremiah 29, 11. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That's awesome. And how about Romans 8.28? We all know this, right, friends? And we know that in all things, not some things, okay, but in all things, God, it's God. God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his what? Purpose. Hold on to those verses. They're encouraging. And even if, even this, even if it seems like the investments you're making in your family isn't paying off, like, you know, you don't see the dividends and, and your spouse and your children are not all you planned and prayed you hoped they would be. You just keep investing. Keep investing and don't stop investing in their lives. Your family, listen now, is too important for you to stop investing in their lives. Don't grow weary in doing good. Your dividends will come at an unexpected time. So Hannah invested in the family. She invested in spite of difficulty and discouragement. So Hannah made an investment in the family. Hannah made, number two, number two, an investment in the faith. An investment in the faith. Write that down. In the faith. And not only was Hannah, Hannah's family important to her, but also her faith was important to her. Let's look at verses 9 through 11. If you're still with me, say amen. Once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting in a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. Verse 10. In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. Wow. Verse 11. And she made a vow, say vow. She made a vow saying, get this now, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord, listen now, for all the days of his life. I want to stop there. And I want to say this. Listen, Hannah wasn't bargaining with God in her vow. It was just an expression of devotion to God. You got to get that, okay? Now let's read on. And no razor, she says this, and no razor will ever be used on his head. And no razor will ever be used on his head. This is a Nazarite vow, friends, and it was a, a person who was dedicated to God for a particular length of time who was not to drink wine, not to eat anything made of grapes or to touch a dead body. And they were to let their hair grow. They could not cut their hair. Samson was a Nazarite. Samuel was one 
as was John the Baptist. The key to a Nazarite, get this now, the key to a Nazarite was dedication. Say that, dedication. Follow me now. The Hebrew word nazir, the Hebrew word nazir, nay, excuse me, N-A-Z-I-R, N-A-Z-I-R, nazir means dedicated, dedicated. So this was a person, get this now, dedicated to serve God. Let's move on, verses 12 through 18. As she kept on praying to the Lord, got that? As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Verse 13, Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk, verse 14, and said to her, how long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. Verse 15, not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out, pouring out my soul to the Lord. Verse 16, do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Verse 17, Eli answered, go in peace. Listen to what he says. And may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. Verse 18, she said, May your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Listen, Hannah's faith was personal. She, she knows God on a personal level. She had a personal relationship with the God of Israel. She was openly and active in the practice of her faith. That being said, the greatest gift you can give your family, listen now, is living out the gift of salvation in your life. That they would see Jesus living in and working through your life. That they would see a real vital relationship with him that controls the way that you live your life. You see, the greatest investment you can make in life is that of investing in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, now, if you're saved, say amen. Hannah sets the standard that we should resolve to meet. I'm going to say it again. Hannah sets the standard that we should resolve to meet. Not only should we possess a testimony concerning our faith, but we must live out, live out that testimony day by day as we go through life. So I want you to follow me here. Nothing makes an investment in the lives of others around us like a genuine life lived for the glory of God. For the glory of God. Now notice that her prayer, that her prayer wasn't a quick in and out prayer. This was a repeated prayer, bathed, bathed in tears. She poured her heart and soul into it. Let's go back to verse 15. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Gosh, I love it. I'm going to say it again. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. So that tells us that her words came deep from within. And it was, help, it was, heart, me, it was heartfelt. Why? Why was it heartfelt? Because it was from her heart, deep within her heart. Now listen, Hannah was appealing 
to God's authority. She was appealing to God's power because she knew that there was nothing that she could do in her own strength. And she wanted a child. She wanted a child. And she wanted to give that gift to her husband, but she was faced with an impossible situation and and needed to call on the God of possibilities. And she knew that this was impossible apart from the work of God. So, So she knew that she needed to pray to her God. So there's a lesson here. And the lesson is this. Pour out your heart to God. Moms, pour out your heart to God. I don't know, moms, what you're going through right now, but tell God all that's on your heart. Pour out your heart to God. Tell Him what's going on because your prayers matter to God. Your prayers matter to God. You know, friends, never underestimate the power of a praying mother, wife, and parent. And I got to tell you, friends, I have seen God do some amazing things as a result of my mom's prayers and my wife's prayers. Tell God all that's on your heart. Now, I want you to notice what happened to Hannah after spending time in prayer. Let's go back to verse 18. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something in her face. I love this. And her face was no longer downcast. So after spending time seeking God, her countenance changed. She was no longer sad. In fact, she got her appetite back. Something awesome happens when you pray and when you meet with God, yeah? And you see, she left her concerns with God, and now she has peace. Say peace. That peace that Paul speaks of in Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 And it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now notice the result. And the peace of God, which transcends or surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's amazing. Listen, Hannah had real personal faith. It was not superficial faith. She believed God for the impossible. And get this, and she was willing to give everything, including her son, everything to God for his glory. Let's go back to verse 11. O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor will ever be used on his head. That brings us now to point number three. Hannah made an investment in the future. She made an investment in the family, in the faith, and now in the future. Write that down. She made an investment in the future. Let's look at verses 19 through 20. If you're still with me, say amen. Early the next morning, they arose and worshiped before the Lord, and then went back to their home at Ramah. Alcana lay with Hannah's wife. Excuse me, Alcana lay with Hannah, his wife, and the Lord, listen now, and the Lord remembered her. Got that? The Lord remembered her. Verse 20. So in the course of time, Hannah conceived. 
and gave birth to a son. Somebody say, praise God. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. Because I asked the Lord for him. Samuel means heard of God. That's what it means. Heard, heard of, of God. It's a compound word from Shema, to hear or to listen to, and El, El, God, Shamuel, heard of God. So Hannah's prayer for a son was answered, right? And she prayed and God provided. Now I need to say this. Just because Hannah's prayer was answered does not mean that a woman will be given a child just because she prays for one. Research shows that one of six women who want a baby cannot conceive. Now, a woman may not be given a child, but she will receive God's provision one way or another. And it could be through an open door uh, for foster care, for adoption. And by the way, if you are interested in foster care uh, or, or adoption, we are connected with a ministry called Foster the Bay. Uh, if you want more information about that ministry, Foster the Bay, uh, go ahead and, and email us and we'll give you more information on that. Now listen, God answers us in one of four ways. Yes, no, wait, and my grace is sufficient. He will answer, listen moms, He will answer and provide for your need according to His will. His will, not yours, His will. And you see, God needed a special prophet he could speak through and allowed Hannah to conceive. Why? Because it was his will. Write this down. You might have, you know, I, I've given you this scripture many times, especially the book of James. 1 John, 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 through 15. 1 John 5, 14 through 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, according what? To his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. If, if you're a saved mom, say amen. Come on, if you're a saved mom, say amen. You are of great worth. Listen, moms, you are of great worth in the sight of God, whether you have a child or not. Listen, God loves you. So focus on the fact that you're his child, that you're his child. Verses 21 through 28, stay with me now. When the man El Elkanah went up with, his, with all his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfill his vow, Hannah, verse 22, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, after the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord and he will live there always. Verse 23, do what seems best to you. Elkanah, her husband, told her, Stay here until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she had weaned him. Verse 24. After he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull and an ephah of flour and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. Verse 25. When they had slaughtered the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. Verse 26. And she said to him, As surely as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood, be, stood here beside you praying to the Lord. Verse 27. I prayed for this child, 
and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. Verse 28. So I now give him to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord. I'm going to read that again. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. Hannah made the ultimate commitment that a mother can make. She totally and unreservedly gave her child to God. She held nothing back. She committed him to God before he was even conceived. She did what she said she would do, right? She did what she said she would do. She dedicated him to God when he was born, and she gave him to God when he was weaned. So with that being said, question, have you dedicated your children to God? I'm going to say it again. Have you dedicated your children to God? Let me ask you this. Have you given them to God? You see, it's one thing to dedicate your children to God, quite another to give them to God. Listen, they belong to God. And so you need to give them over to God. Moms and dads, hear me now, okay? Make it your mission to give your children to God for a lifetime of dedicated service. Give God your word that you will give them to Him. You see, Hannah, Hannah's, Hannah's wasn't a, a momentary convision, uh, commitment, excuse me, commitment. It was a, a once-for-all commitment for which she never looked back. She, she sowed seed that would be reaped for generations. She made an investment. Listen now, she made an investment in the future. Follow me. Samuel became a, a mighty man of God. He set a standard of righteousness for the nation of Israel. He was a man greatly used by God. He was the man who anointed David as king. He was the man who, who served as the spiritual leader of Israel for, for many years. He was the man he was because of the investment his mother made in his life before he was born. And because she made the kind of investment she did, the entire nation was blessed for many years. Now imagine, imagine how difficult it must have been to leave Samuel at the temple, at the tabernacle there. Can you imagine that? And, but, but even as difficult as it may have been, Hannah praised her God. In, in chapter 2 of 1 Samuel, chapter 2, the next chapter over, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. I don't have time to read that to you, but there, chapter 2, 1 through 10, she had just dropped Samuel off at the tabernacle. And if, if you read verses 1 through 10, you'll notice it's more than a prayer. It's a beautiful psalm. It's a beautiful psalm of praise. It's her song to the Lord. It's amazing. She praised God. She wasn't sad anymore. She praised her God. Now imagine her, her pride, Hannah's pride and, and her joy as she watched Samuel develop into a man of God. She was seeing her investment pay off. It had been worth the sacrifice. Chapter 2 Verse 26 of 1 Samuel, chapter 2, verse 26. And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with 
Amen. All that's been said, let me ask you this. Well, let me say this. Some of us, some of us have children that need to be placed on the altar. I'm going to say it again. Some of us have children that need to be placed on the altar. I have a question for you. How long has it been since you, with a broken heart, I mean a broken heart, came before God and agonized, agonized before God for the souls of your wayward children? Huh? Listen, friends, they need someone praying for them. And I want to tell you, we need some moms and dads who will get broken, I mean broken, over their children and bring them to God's altar and to trust God to touch their lives and bring them back to Himself. We need to place our children at the altar. Get broken over them. Amen. Now as we come to a close, just like Hannah, some of you are making that same investment in the future today. And you're doing that and doing this, should I say, by bringing your children to the house of God. You're bringing them to church. And you bring them when it's not easy or not convenient, and God's going to honor you for that. And you're instilling in them the idea that God's house is an important place to be, that it's more important than sports and other activities. You're teaching them about Jesus. You're teaching them, teaching them excuse me, that right and wrong do matter. You're teaching them the important lessons of life from watching your faith, from watching how you live. So I tell you, friends, listen now, keep investing. Keep investing and remain faithful to God, and God will bless your faithfulness. So remember, you're investing every single day in every activity, every attitude, and every action that will reap dividends either to the glory of God or to the glory of the flesh. So make an investment in your life, excuse me, make an investment in your family, in your faith, and in the future. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the wonderful gift of mothers, for their love, for their hugs, for their kisses, their patience, their support, for their sacrifice. I pray that they would feel loved, honored, valued, affirmed, and special, not just today, Lord, but every day of the year, every day of their lives. So, Father, bless them and keep them. May your face shine upon them. Have favor on them and give them peace. Give them peace. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray this. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. Have a blessed day. See you all next week.